welcome to the Becoming Witchy podcast. I'm your host, Kelly of Bramble and Brimstone. Join me as we discuss practical witchcraft, share witchy tips, aha moments, tools, and resources that have helped us on our way, and as we discuss how magic shows up in our everyday. This podcast is here to encourage and support you on your own witchy way. Welcome to episode 18 of the Becoming Witchy podcast. I'm your host, Kelly of Bramble and Brimstone. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you're all doing well. Today, we're going to be talking about altars and creating a magical space, because that's what altars are, really, a physical manifestation of your own unique magical practice. But before we move into these magical spaces, let's check and see what's going on in our seasonal corner. Welcome to the seasonal section. It is the end of June and the beginning of July. We are at the peak of summer. It's actually been unseasonably cold here, but last week we had the summer solstice, which for us here in Ohio, we had rain all week every single day, and it was cloudy every day. I woke up on the solstice to the predicted cloudy skies, and instead of putting out my sun oil that I wanted to charge with the sunlight, I put out an empty mason jar to collect the rain. Because like we talked about on the last episode about the summer solstice, the rains on the summer solstice are full of healing powers. But the sun did come out, and it ended up being a lovely sunny day, that wasn't too hot or humid, which is really a rare miracle this time of year here. So I was able to put out my solstice oil and to charge it in the sun, which was just really great because I don't always get to do that on the exact date of the solstice. Sometimes it's the day before, a few days after, because it's just not always sunny on the solstice. We also went lavender picking last Friday to celebrate the solstice, our yearly solstice activity which was lovely as always, and we didn't even need our raincoats, which was nice. There were bees buzzing, it smelled amazing, and it's just my favorite calming solstice ritual. I hope you all had a good solstice too, whether it was rainy or sunny or cloudy, there's still always magic to be had. Right now, the garden is right at the end of our spring flowers blooming and just before the summer flowers, so our snapdragons have all finished, and we'll get another flowering, but not until probably around August time. Right now, the little seed pods are going to turn into the little skulls. If you've never seen the seed pods of snapdragons, you should look them up. They look like little skulls. It's really cool. So we're getting those right now. And in bloom, we have calendula and coneflower, St. John's wort, tick seed, so the color palette now is pinks and orange and yellows and reds. It's definitely summer now, no question. Let's all enjoy it while it lasts because the wheel of the year is turning and now that it's after the summer solstice, we are moving towards late summer and the harvest season. Topic time. Altars are truly your own personal magical space. They can be big or small, take up an entire room, or be just a tiny little box. And their purpose really, I feel, is to hold a space for your unique magic. 
I think of it as an outlet where you can plug into your magic. It represents this physical space you set up to draw magic from. I use my altar to cast spells, to charge jewelry, I do my morning tarot pull, I put my rock drops into my coffee and stir in my daily intentions, I banish energy I don't want to attach to me. It's my magical center in my home. I've said before, I have a fairly small house and I have several cats, so my altar is designed exactly for those circumstances. It's portable so that I can easily move it around, so I can be outside if I want, or I can hide it from my cats. There's truly no wrong way to create an altar space. It's really unique to you. For me, setting up my own altar, a dedicated space to magic, it was a big part of my Becoming Witchy journey. It gave me a physical space completely dedicated to magic, which it's a very powerful act to set aside like a portion of your space to just be magical. It makes it real. It's a manifestation of your magic. So I encourage you to do it and I'll share how mine is set up as an example. Like I said, because I share my space with cats, there is a lot of practical stuff that I need to think about for my altar space. And I actually have several altars, but my main altar is located on top of my dresser in my bedroom. And several through several rounds of trial and error, with cats jumping up and knocking things off, it became clear that I would need to contain my altar in some way so that they wouldn't be able to get up there and just slide things off the shelf. So my altar is in a large wooden tray. And it's not that large. It's, you know, like one of those little dinner trays. And I think that I got it from Target or Ikea. It has handle holes on the sides and a two inch high rim around it. So cats can't knock anything out of it. I don't have to worry about anything falling off. And it sits on my dresser with about four to five inches of space around it on the sides. I also have a series of small floating shelves on the wall above my dresser for a little extra space that is mostly out of cat reach. So it's sort of a permanent space on my dresser with the extra shelves, but I can always pick up the tray, which holds most of the crucial things that I use, and I can move it to wherever I need to. I can take it outside or I can leave a candle burning and I can move it to like the whole altar into the bathtub so it's safe and then I can shut the door so I don't have to worry about my cats getting hot paws. It's on my dresser, so I have a drawer right under the altar space that I store a lot of my magical ingredients in. Jars with different plants and water that I've collected, a lot of my tarot and oracle cards live there, incense, candles, things like that, just so that they're handy and nearby the altar. But in addition to this main altar of mine, I also have a lot of mini altars around my house that I make in my windowsills. And I don't have a huge ledge on my windowsills. It's only about two inches of space. And I just like to set up rocks and crystals and little ceramic jars and bowls that I make and just create little magical pockets at these openings to the home. I think windowsill altars are really great to have. 
a magical space set up for when you want to charge something with sunlight or moonlight or with air energy even with the breeze coming in and out. I often put like a little bowl uh, or a sealed jar with a stopper of water or crystals or jewelry out on a windowsill overnight so that it can charge by the moonlight. Some people like to have their altar on their mantle in a more central location or main location in their house. You can have one in a box that you keep in your closet and you pull out when you need it or under your bed. You can even keep it in like a smaller jewelry box or something that you keep on your dresser or table and open up just when you need to use it. Box altars or movable altars might be a good option if you have roommates or you live with other people. That way it doesn't have to be out all the time in a communal space where people might set things on it or take things off it and you can move it to the best location for you depending on what you're doing. I've even seen like little really tiny boxes to make little mini or travel altars. I've seen people use little candy tins like elk toy tins just to keep a little small altar in and I've done this. Uh, I usually use like a little cardboard box and they're really cute and fun to take with you and it really helps you focus just on the exact things that you need to take or use in your spell or for your magical space. If you do a lot of kitchen magic, maybe you want to set up an altar in your kitchen. Or if you take a lot of magical baths, maybe you want to set one up in your bathroom. Find what works for you. Outdoor altars are also really fun. I don't have anything grand for an altar set up outside. I have a small ceramic bowl. Well, I have a lot of small ceramic bowls that I make and I set out and I fill them with water and sometimes with catnip. And that's just to make sure that bees or other insects have water. Also, stray cats drink from it. Um, I just like to have that out there so that everything feels welcome in the garden and like they have what they need. I think I talked about it in the last episode that fairies and nature spirits will also really like that you're thinking about the wildlife around you and the creatures around you and they'll be more likely to visit you and to be on your good side. I talked about Karak in the Legend of Zelda episode. They're the little leaf nature spirits from that game, and I always imagine that my yard is full of them, and it brings me great joy to set out water for them. You should definitely google Karak. They're adorable little magical beans. In a park near my house, someone has set up an outdoor altar in the hollow of a tree. It's so cool. There's a little figure inside of it, and You'd often see tea lights set up either inside or on the ground in front of it. There would be like bunches of leaves and flowers tied up and bundled up. Even if you don't have access to an outdoor altar, get creative. You can look for a space in a park near you. And just like this person did, this tree altar existed for years, at least three years. And it was in fairly constant use. So it was fun on walks to see that you know, someone had been using it, someone had been there, and making little offerings to this little tree altar spirit that they had set up. So what might you include on your altar? Again, I think this is highly unique and individual, but if you're practicing something like Wicca, they have a little more structure with sort of a list of things you should have. I don't practice Wicca, so I'm not going to go through all of it, but you can definitely look up what to have on a Wiccan altar, there's tons of books and online resources for that. 
for my altar, on my bookshelves, I keep a few witchy reference books and my grimoire, which is where I record the spells that I do and where I record correspondences or any witchy tidbits of information that I think would be useful. Around my wooden tray on the edge of the dresser, I have a bowl that I burn incense in and a couple of stones that I rotate depending on the season or the spells I'm working on. I have a wooden three-card tarot card display that sits in my tray, and that is carved with the phases of the moon. We actually sell these on our Etsy shop. I use it every morning for my daily tarot pull, and then I can leave the card set up all day, and I'll remember to reflect on it at the end of the day. I also have several ceramic tarot deck holders that hold the whole deck that I've made. I don't sell these, but I do recommend them. They're really fun. They hold the entire deck up for a little display, so if you have a really beautiful deck you want to see all the time, they're great for that. And you can find them on Etsy and uh, from local or small makers. I also keep a few tinctures and rock juice or rock and plant essences on my altar. I use these to stir into my coffee in the morning for daily affirmations and intentions. I have a little bell in the tray of my altar. I love bells. They clear spaces and clear energy. So if you don't have time to you know, light some incense, you can ring your bell and clear the energy and space. It does the same thing, just with sound rather than with smoke. It's another cat-proofing thing. I keep enough rocks around the edge of my tray on my dresser shelf that the cats can't really get up there. I have a lot of glass jars and ceramic containers with lids on them, so if I leave an offering out that I don't want the cats getting into, I can just put a lid on it so I don't need to worry about it. I also have a ceramic cauldron that I made for burning things or scrying or charging things. I have a bunch of little vases that I fill with dried and fresh flowers. Also, on because it's my dresser and it's in a little corner, uh, it's kind of dark. So I got this lamp that sits on it that has a glass container at the bottom. So you can unscrew the lamp part and then place things in the glass base. It's so cool. I can put all kinds of magical things in there, and my cats can't get into it. I really love it. So my lamp base right now is full of sand and acorns and lichen and sticks and thorns and moss and all things that I've collected from places I've been to that I love. So it has this grounding energy to it that feels stabilizing and rooted in that altar space. It's useful and practical because it works as a lamp, but it can also be used as a working part of your altar. I even hang amulets on the lampshade, so it's extra space for me. I keep some amulets on my altar. They're personal and significant to me. I have this little old-fashioned like decorative hair comb that's carved with the Hyrule crest and Triforce from The Legend of Zelda, which is very magical to me. I love it. I keep it on there to remind me of that. A necklace that a friend gave me, books that I've made, a little felted blue tit bird that I got in Germany, and some seahorse amulets. Seahorses have always been a sign of good luck for me, or they appear when I'm like on the right path. So things like that that remind me of this presence of magic that sort of exists just naturally in the world around me. And I also have 
a mini wreath that hangs on the wall above the altar that I made from hot vines that we grew in our yard, which I absolutely love. One of the first like little wreaths that I made, and I always decorate it for the season. And I recommend if you're having trouble starting your altar, start by decorating for the season. Use seasonal colors, fresh flowers for spring and summer, little pumpkins or gourds for fall, evergreens for winter. You can get altar cloths or use handkerchiefs, or you could even knit little decorative mats for your altar to correspond to the season. Or if you're trying to invite in a certain type of magic, like creativity or calm or abundance, you can always set it up to support an intention that you have. So it can be super simple. You don't need to have everything I've talked about on your altar. It's just examples. I would say that for me, the things I use the most frequently uh, that I actually use like every single day are my ceramic offering bowls and cauldron my tarot display, like three card display, and my grimoire journal. So if I had to only have three or four things, that would be what I use the most, but all of the other things that I have make it a more magical space for me. So use things that feel magical to you, and the space will grow with you as you figure out how you want to use it and what your intentions are for it. You can always scale up or down, add more, take away, it doesn't have to be perfect, just don't be afraid to start. Create that magical outlet that you can plug into. Welcome to the Rituals That Work segment. This ritual is for dedicating your altar space as a magical place. And this can work for an altar space of any size, just scale it up or down depending on your circumstances. And if you already have an altar, this is good for refreshing or clearing out between seasons or intentions. So for this spell, you'll need your altar set up, incense or an herbal bundle for burning, and a fire safe dish for it. If you're working outside and it's not safe to have a fire, or if it's not safe to have a fire inside or light something, uh, you can always use a bell instead of the incense. A tea light candle or your favorite candle, a small whisk broom, like one of those little cinnamon brooms you get in the fall, or my husband gifted me a little whisk broom from Hearthcraft Brooms. I'll link that in the show notes, but if you don't have a broom, you can always just use your hand for this. Start by sitting or standing at your altar and taking three deep, slow breaths to clear your space and calm your mind. You can call in the elements, play music, anything that gets you into a magical setting. Light your incense or herb bundle in or over your fire safe dish and use your broom to waft the smoke over your altar space. As you do this, think or speak out loud a mantra for cleansing and purifying. I usually do something like negativity is banished away, crisp clear energy is here to stay visualize all of the smoke carrying away negative energy and bright light shining through. Once you feel your space has been cleansed, light your candle and say or think something that dedicates that space to magic, like, with the light of this flame, I ignite the flow of magic to and from this space. 
and you can make it much more specific than that and ask the magic in the space to guide you in your spell work or whatever your endeavors. And when you light the candle and speak your mantra, visualize that flow of magic being turned on and flowing into your altar. I definitely like to imagine this like the Sheikah Slate from The Legend of Zelda, if that helps. <laughs> After that, your altar is ready, and the spell can also be used to recharge your altar whenever you feel it needs a boost. Welcome to the episode draw segment, where we will pull a tarot or oracle card to leave us with a message until the next episode. We are using the Tarot of Pagan Cats deck today, so I'm going to shuffle and draw a card. We have the Ace of Wands reversed. Ace of Wands. So, Ace of Wands upright, usually a creative opportunity or potential. And reversed, it can be sort of a delay, a lack of action, or something is not ready yet. Maybe the potential is there, but just we're not ready to act on it yet. It could be a lack of motivation too. So maybe in the next two weeks, if you have any major plans, don't make a decision right away. Take a little time, especially if it's a creative project, take a little more time to think about it and to dwell on it and really think things through. After that, after you've taken some time, no rash decisions, once you've planned everything out, then maybe it's time to take action. All right, so this is just a little stop along our way to make sure that we've thought everything through, looked through everything, and really done our due diligence before taking action. I hope you have a wonderful two weeks and you take this little pause and have a good time with it. And I will see you next time on the Becoming Witchy podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Do you have questions on your Becoming Witchy journey or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast? Send us an email at podcast at bramblebrimstone.com. If you're interested in our newsletter, head over to our show notes where you can find the Bramble and Brimstone Instagram where you can sign up. We would love for you to join our coven community. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, please rate and review us. It helps others find the podcast and we so appreciate your support. The information provided in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant as a substitute for medical advice.